It is Monday, the 21st of October 2019, and this is episode 363 of Digital Outbox. Welcome to another episode. I'm Chris, and Ian is here. Hello, Ian. Evening, Chris. Uh, it's been a, been a bit of a while um, since we last spoke, but it's always good to be back. I say a bit of a while. It's been about the same distance as it always it's Chris, is. Chris, two or three weeks. <laughs> it's all good, but the you know technology world never ceases to move on, and and yes, and we have seen movements this last period. So uh, we've got. Um, macOS Catalina has now been released after uh, we heard about it probably three, six months ago, and now we've we've all got our hands on it, and it hasn't been without a bit of controversy. Controversy? Controversy, that word. Um, uh, and a bit of bit of um, learning, uh, sorry, growing pains, because they've, they've sort of introduced some new... Uh, six, well, the biggest thing is the 64-bit functionality, right? So that's caused a bit of a stink in the community. Um, yes, so there's lots of old apps that people are used to using um, that were 32 bit and will now no longer work, mm. um, including things like I think the last physical release of things like Photoshop. So I want to say it was like Photoshop CS6 or something. So so you know, so if you haven't, if you're not on one of the subscription services, you you might yeah. be bang out of luck. Yeah, yeah, mm. and and that's that's for a lot of people. They they. Whether it's right or wrong, but their their view. I am not paying for the subscription service because yeah. I don't get enough. There's not enough change year on year. I don't need to. Cut I don't use the product. full feature. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I've got a tool that works. So they've never moved, um, and now, but with a free operating system upgrade, um, they are going to get forced to move. And and other legacy. No, I'm saying legacy. Some real old software. So you know, I think we covered it before. James Thompson, Glasgow developer, wrote a thing called Drag Thing. And he made it really clear to people. I mean, his website basically looked like a coffin. It was it was black. It was like, it will no longer work under Catalina. And sure enough, Catalina comes out and he got the emails from people going, you know, I run my life through a drag thing. It won't work. What can I do? Um, not very much. Yeah, and, and I think Apple are, you know, they they have taken the lead quite a few times on taking the pain and that, that suffering. Um, but the people have called it also their Vista release in that it's gone to a constant, um request well i say constant it's gone to a request for permission at each time an application a bit like you have your permissions on phones so every time an application wants to connect to your uh sort of operating system or sorry your you know, storage system it'll, it'll ask you and all, all the kind of things that you might expect so if it's getting location if it's doing this that and the other it does come up with a new little um ping up uh, yeah so there were some screenshots before the before I updated that I saw, and I was like, "Oh, I'm not liking the look of this." It did remind me of Vista, but um, I I got some warnings that were sensible warnings. But when I launched an app for the first time, I think digging into it further, it gets really invasive if you're running like cron jobs, shell scripts, because mm. it gets constantly kind of asking for that. And you know, am I really allowing you to to access your cron? And as I said, I still think there's there is some. I, I get I get the challenge that. They're trying to protect normals, if I call it. Yeah, yeah. It's a horrible, snobbish word. It was. But they're trying to protect normals, and at the same time, they're, they're killing the kind of super users that are, you know, in, the, in terminal, 
doing what they need to do to make things work and they're just the operating system's now getting in the way yeah but then again super users as we call them the ones that generally make big mistakes it's not normally your mum and dad who do that sort of thing it's normally the super users who make a big mistake and, and then destroy their system maybe but i mean it's still not going to stop you destroying your no, system it's not. just going to force you to click a button every time ultimately you never read those things properly anyway i, I think it's the one annoying thing for me has been that each time you do a grant extended permissions it seems like you have to go through a reboot of that application or service and and that has become a pain a pain and and additionally i've had one uh, video conference called fail where i just wasn't able to share my screen even though i'd given it permission and restarted it so it was all a bit clunky uh, so that was a bit disappointing and, and still the screen sharing doesn't seem to have come back so again it's a little things like that do great on you a little bit i guess it's growing pains and also like i say apple are quite willing to take those growing pains somewhat times ahead of other organizations because they kind of know that they've got to get through them at some point and ultimately the theory of 64-bit is that everything's going to become more efficient uh, yeah um and i think i think we are in a world where we're probably if you don't need to upgrade don't upgrade would be would be my kind of you know, I, I told everybody I'm not going to upgrade, not going to upgrade. And then three days later, I was like, oh, sorry, it looks okay. Because I, I, had, I, had I had a number of apps update over that three, four day period. But I'm still seeing updates coming quite regularly. Um, yeah. I, and I, again, it's back to other things that are new that you're desperate to see. So what have we got in here that's new then? Um, iTunes is gone. I've now got music, TV and podcast, separate apps. They're, they're all okay. Um, and if you want to still plug your phone in, which I've not done for a number of years, I've got to be honest, I can't remember when, um, and it appears in Finder rather than appearing inside like an iTunes makes or sense, music. Yeah. yeah, so, and, and again, the apps, the apps for me work fine. Sidecar, um, so this is um, basically you can use your iPad as an external Mac display, as long as your Mac's recent enough to support it, mine's is. Um, actually surprised how lag-free it was. Um, so really useful if I, you know, needed another screen, you know, even if it was some sort of reference or something like that. And they, they, they talk about how you can use Pencil. Yes, you can. Most of the time, you're going to have an iOS app that works better than trying to drag a Mac app over into, you know, the iPad window and write on it. Mm-hmm. But it, it's there. Apple Arcade. Um, Apple Arcade is actually very good. So if you're if you're if you're enjoying it on some sort of iOS device or Apple TV and you and you and you do what you play on your Mac, then Catalina will let you. And will it play all of the games inside of Arcade? I am not sure about all mm-hmm. because there's some. Some surely uh, have the interface requirements that you need to be a touch, touch and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's and that's where there's some games that really do need a pad, and and you can now play an Xbox or PS4 you know pad easily. And there's others that really need touch. Mm-hmm. Um, so and, and there's others I don't know of performance wise because there's a whole lot of stats when you look at what iOS does now or, or sort of like an iPhone or an iPad hardware, it kind of outperforms quite a lot of the Mac platforms. Um, screen time is a lot of junk. Um, so <laughs> so this this no it, well the reason I say that's a lot of junk. So this screen time came to iOS twelve um, and and it does reliably tell you you've been on Twitter or social networks for an hour or two hours or three hours and you can set time limits which is actually quite a healthy thing but on the mac it's measuring it even if the app's open mm. and so ios i can only have one app open yes. and that makes sense mac i've got mail open all the time it's telling me oh you're in mail you know like 40 hours a week mm. no i was in it for two minutes yeah so it's and not so the it's, interaction with the application it's no actually it's just a when pile it's of junk running, yeah. they've almost just taken the ios app and then just just throwing the same measures at it and it's like switching your brain mm. but the, the mac's a different platform 
Um, find my so, has become like it combines all their find my friends find my phone uh, all, all together in one place I never really use those services anyway no we've seen, seen some refreshed apps your usual photos photos nice and interface which was covered by iOS 13 that actually has a big improvement the reminders has been refreshed notes mail safari um, so yeah it's 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 a good it's a good upgrade and also they've brought um They've brought the ability to for developers to bring iOS apps to the platform. Yes, so that's kind of how some of the applications have come across on Apple's front. They're kind of these mini apps, but now you can actually run some iOS apps in your desktop, which we kind of saw coming for a while off now, right? Um, yes, and I think it's pretty hit and miss around how those apps look um, and and whether you know whether it's a good thing. You know, so there's there's been a plethora of new apps. You know, so straight away I've seen you know the the two RSS readers that I really like on iOS are now available as Mac mm-hmm. apps, um, and and that's all through Catalyst. So Catalyst allows you to you know take an iOS app and boom, by magic you get a, a Mac app, but it doesn't really respect some of the Mac traditions and it makes it a bit harder. And there's a lot of um, snobbiness, I guess, is maybe the best way of putting it roundabout that's not a true mac app mm-hmm. but but some apps that actually actually works really well and so as i said rss apps i've tried you know one of them really good but it's 30 quid so people are up in arms again round i've paid for this in ios why is it not free mm-hmm. um, apple's not giving developers an option to to like buy it everywhere so and it and it does it, cost money to develop yeah sure but it will it'll it's, come in time anyway i think they will do a buy everywhere because it just makes sense and a lot of a lot of subscription based type things are based like that anyway nowadays yeah i mean a lot of developers have moved to subscriptions and i must admit i not every app can justify a subscription no price way. of 30 quid a year no you know it's a real like come on guys that's yeah it's got to be a constantly upgrade and constantly um massage thing it can't be something that should be a one-off payment it becomes very yeah. clear when you're using an application with it, but this is a one-off thing and i look at things like office i'm quite you know that that subscription around office or like the adobe apps oh, okay but when i look at you know like you know one password and they're looking for 40 is it 45 quid a year yeah like so yeah it's doing a lot for me but that's a lot of money for something that's not radically changed in a number of years that i guess that's the thing isn't it if if you see that constant improvement the constant development then then you can sort of you 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 won't feel a bit kicked in the teeth by that but yeah anyway i think it's the it is the future isn't it and you can see why um um i say the future is now really so so, i don't know i've found the upgrade was pretty painless and yeah, no, no, I can't no remember. I mentioned to you. I can't remember whether it was on or off the podcast, but yeah, it destroyed my development environment. Um, so I had to right. go and have, uh, you know, still got a bit of database issues, but it has just forced me into the getting into the kind of Dockerized, you know, com- container-based uh, environments rather than a desktop-based one, which I guess is the is the future anyway. So. It does, you know, it kicks you to do that. I don't think I lost too much in the, in the, the grand scheme of things, but that was the only way that was a bit painful. The rest, other than that conference call the other day, which was a bit embarrassing more than anything, yeah, it was, it's, all, it's all been okay, I guess. But then again, I haven't really explored the new features even. I don't, it's, you know, all these upgrades come out and I don't really, I just use Mac the same as I have done. I, I don't use Safari, so I don't see the benefits there and all those kind of things. Um Operating systems nowadays are things, and it's the applications that change over the top, right? 
Yeah, and I still think that's a downside around you know both iOS and Mac. It's a it's a yearly update we get some of these apps, and you look at a Google model, which is every you know four yeah. weeks. I'm going to pump you with new features. Yeah, well, when they're ready, when they're ready, release. You know. Yep. Whereas you know it has turned into uh, almost feels like uh, yep, hold that back for you. You know, do you do you want to be able to put bullets in your note? notes I'll hold it back for you yeah i mean that's it you you wait for your announcement you announce it you tell everyone what you're going to do it's like sometimes you just put it out there right yeah uh we've also seen some sort of uh, i guess stinky news around apple and there it was the an application called hk map um was on the app store and uh hong kong protesters were using this application to sort of coordinate their action um and then it it kind of it went through a phase of it, it got added to the app store. It got removed because it was requested to be removed by uh, the Hong Kong um, government because it was saying how this was highlighting where police were and then police were being made in danger. And they were saying people it was being used for um, uh, what do you call it, uh, you know, attacking police or organizing attacks on police, things like that. So Apple, Apple did remove it again uh, and that obviously came into uh, attention because then it's preventing people in what we could see as in a you know a society that could be being oppressed um from being able to organize um i don't know where where uh, was there is there a subtlety there that i've missed do you think in your opinion or what do you think uh no um, apple apple basically bowed to china that's 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 my takeaway on it, and it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't just this. So, as you say, there was a. It took a number of days before this app was actually authorized. Um, it was, and it's available as a web app as well. So it was on Android. It's available as a web app, and um, so you can still browse to it on Safari. Mm. Um, but but most folk want that app experience because it's quicker and it's easier, and you can just launch the app. Um, Apple, you know, approved it, and then a few days later didn't. And their actual statement was back to, as you said, it was Hong Kong Cyber Security and Technology Crime Bureau said it's been used to target and ambush police. Um, the protesters in Hong Kong really cried foul around that and said it is not. Yeah. And if you look, if you looked at how it's being used, it is not. You know, where's the evidence apart from a a news article and a Chinese-owned, mm. you know, saying that it could be used paper. for that. And I guess that's the yeah. it could be used for that. I think is enabled. Yeah. So the quote was it enabled writers in Hong Kong to go on violent acts. So I actually thought it was pretty weak sauce from Apple. Um, the other the other bit that was pretty poor was um and they've got form for this because they did it with i think it was new york times but quartz um which is a you know magazine slash newspaper um they um they were taken off the hong kong app store and um, because they've been covering the protests in hong kong which have been going for what 12 14 weeks and they've been going on for a long time oh i think it's longer than that now yeah yeah and um and again it looks like you know government of China have have kind of said Apple please remove and Apple have removed, mm. um, and again Apple I'm sure it was New York Times on the on the behest of that you know Chinese government took down a you know a, a newspaper which is a I don't know it just just leaves a sour taste in, in my mouth certainly I that's you, you know if, I, it, it's almost double standards. Apple, Apple keep on about how you know. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. back to FBI. Was it last yeah. year, year before? And we won't, we won't hand over data. We're all there for the public. We're there on your side, and I like to portray this, that side of it. But I, I, this feels wrong. So you think this is more shares and and future growth? Um, yeah, yeah. 
Um, and, and if Apple, if Apple don't, and, and obviously it's really difficult, if they don't want to be exposed to these kind of difficult, because it is difficult decisions, yeah. if you don't want to be exposed to this, then pull it to China. And they can't. Yeah, but I guess, but again, China is a different culture and a different society. And should they be, if, if you're a big international multinational company, what do you do? Do you keep to your core values or do you keep to the, you know, do you sway those for the environment that you're in? And I guess that's where I, they're at. And if a business, and I think you've nailed it to me, core values. So if a business um, are happy to make that business decision to stay in China, and follow their rules and regulations, which means for a lot of what we see is like, you know, freedom of speech and human rights is going to be difficult, then fine if that's what the business does. But I think there's a double standard from Apple and that they want to portray that they are protecting the individual, but then end up in these difficult situations where but you're not protecting the individuals in Hong Kong right now. You're 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 flipping over the line. And I guess it, it follows on to the next door as well. So, you know, before before Apple TV Plus shows were being developed, they said don't put content in to anger China. Mm. Now, when I first read that, I was like, wow, but it turns out that that's a known thing in the TV industry that you just don't do it. You know, the the, the money's over there. Don't, you know, unless unless you're willing to almost have your, you know, your show or your film bomb in China and get no funding or support from it, then you know, don't do it. So it's seemingly a common thing. So it's it's but basically Apple's, economic censorship, is what it is. That's kind of yeah, how it all works out. But, right? but but this is, and this is where Apple, as a tech company, is straying into an area where it's got you know a lot of experience in the media. It's now you know as I said, it put itself on a pedestal. You've quoted this before. Apple put itself on a pedestal all the time, you know, around privacy, around a number of other things. And I I think the decisions it's made around China in the last couple of weeks have let the company down and taken it in a different direction but then the shareholders are demanding it growth and all the analysts demand this that and the other and as soon as anything moves they they get absolutely panned so ultimately to keep growing as a company their west is not where the growth is anymore yeah yeah what do you but interestingly what do you think on this um i don't know enough of the ultimate details but i can see that there is a side of the argument which says some of the protests in in hong kong are now becoming violent and information that you know if if you were the if you're the family of a police officer then you're going to think differently around it so there are multiple sides to the, the story um however i think there is kowtowing to china i understand it um but I, again, I don't think necessarily um, we can just sit on our Western high horse and, you know, some of the things that we do are very shady and, and underhand. So, I, you know, I, I see both sides everywhere um, that we're very hypocritical in in many of the things that we say and do. So um, that was a pretty much on the fence argument, wasn't it? No, it's, 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 it's not an easy one. And it's back to who do you believe? Which yeah. side of the story do you believe? Because we've not got full facts from either no, side. You're getting, you're getting two very um, coloured views on what's taking place. And then even if you'd listen to sort of liberty uh, and other, you know, civil, uh, civil liberty sort of uh, you know, organisations, I'll, I'll put it that way, no, no one is clean. You know, no one, you know, there are, you know, sure. I don't think we would necessarily say that you know the uk or america is as bad as china but in some of the things we do we do exactly the same thing we just do it under the different uh headline and and you know it's it it feels it's it's uncomfortable i don't know is the answer um what do i feel about this one particular app i don't mind that much i think as it's all web-based i think people will find people will find a way there you go that's what i think 
Um, what do I think of Facebook Libra cryptocurrency? Well, I think that that is uh, a bit stumped at the moment because uh, so we we probably talked about this. Uh, it was a fair few podcasts ago now, I think. But Facebook were coming up with their own cryptocurrency, and we're gonna and they had a lot of support from a lot of people. But nearly all the payment providers pulled out in what ended up being a pretty coordinated pullout. It felt like almost like they'd all been spoken to by various governments around the world to say it wasn't a good idea for them. This is me. This is a bit conspiracy theory, especially after that last one, uh, saying it wouldn't be a good idea for them to be involved in this, which ultimately a cryptocurrency is outside of regulation, away from government control, and therefore can be used for money laundering as well as legitimate and perfectly reasonable needs. But it's outside the control of governments, which is why they don't like it. Um, that's what I thought, but it was very coordinated. It was, uh, and pretty much all of the payment providers pulled out. I think there was only one or two left now. Um, uh, uh, correct. So PayPal had pulled out, pulled out one week, and the following Friday, and I want to say it was like six seven o'clock UK time. So coming to the end of kind of trading in America, probably you know two three hours to go, it was like Mastercard had pulled out, and then Stripe half an hour later says, "Yeah, we're pulling out." And eBay were like, yeah, we've we've pulled out. And then it was rumours that's Visa too. And then by the end of that Friday trading window, it was like, yeah, Visa's out. It's like, wow. Um, so yeah, I, 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 the the guy behind Libra running it for Facebook still believes that that you know there's there's plenty of roadmap there to 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 launch a product. Not concerned. Um, it's interesting that like, Tim Cook was very vocally against it. And it was all round. Facebook should not be creating a currency for you know, you know, a, a digital generation. Really concerned about a number of angles, but I think that again was the business side of it. Going, if you start owning this, this is um, this this puts well, a lot there's, of power. there's only you know a, a currency is only worth as much as the people holding that currency put to it, right? Um, and and as we've seen in Bitcoin t- terms, that. It's gone through on a massive roller coaster and continues to do so as people put more and less value on it, almost arbitrarily, it seems. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but there's not that much space for multiple Bitcoin currencies in the equivalent. You know, there's plenty of people who've tried to launch their own Bitcoin equivalents and none of those have actually held anything Um you know, it's all about the numbers and Facebook is one of the places where the numbers of people are. And that's why someone like Apple is worried that, yeah, someone would get in that door first. And it, what happens when you control the money? You control everything, don't you? you know. Yeah. yeah. So, so it was David Marcus, who's um, he's the executive in charge of Libra. Really it's great PR spin. Um, I would caution against reading the fate of Libra into this update. That is next tweet. Of course, it's not great news in the short term, but in a way, it's liberating. <laughs> Stay tuned for more very soon. Change of this magnitude is hard. You know you're onto something when so much pressure builds up. Um, and and talking of pressure, Zuckerberg's in front of the House Committee um, in America on the 23rd, so a couple of days from now. And one of the one of the House Committee members um, put out an open tweet just saying, you know, you might not be able to ask Zuckerberg questions, but I can. What would you like me to ask? Yeah. So very much I can, uh, you, you clue me in, clue me in on what I should be chasing this guy about. And I guess as as society, we should be cautious, uh, you know, in this, a, a change of massive magnitude like that, decentralization of money and what that means. Again, money's generally about winners and losers. And uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, we should be careful because we get a lot of regulation around international currencies now that we, it's kind of invisible to us uh, 
sometimes is a pain, you know, sometimes is annoying and slows things down, but there, there's generally reason for it. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, Microsoft has rolled out Windows tamper protection. So this is to prevent uh, hackers sort of gaining access to your local antivirus software to make changes to it, which then allow them to to make um, hacks. So, it's, you know, it's, you know we've, I guess they've seen those kind of threats come along and now they've rolled out a, an update that will allow that to prove it. I think it will just locks down that area of the config so it cannot be made a change without you being informed of it as a user. Yeah, I think there was some, there's been some recent live hacks where... Um... The, the first thing it does is goes in de- and disables Defender so yeah. that you can then, you know, do what you need to do. And we've seen that in the past with the antivirus. You know, when there's a common, consistent bit of antivirus software, uh, we've seen that. I think, uh, I can't even remember the one, Norton antivirus, things like that, had similar attacks where they had to protect themselves yeah. from being uninstalled by Trojan software uh, as a first line of attack. And I guess that's one of the weaknesses about Windows Defender is that it's so global and it's installed everywhere now by default that it is a single point of failure. Um, so if it has got any weaknesses, then immediately that one weakness makes everything. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's quite a responsibility, I have to say. But it, you know, they, I guess they took it on by, by taking, doing that. Well, to, to me, it was always, Defender was always a really positive step for Microsoft to say, look, we've got a problem here. Yeah. We can't rely on third parties fixing it. We need to own this. And how much, I, I know, viruses are still in the news and they're still but they we went through a spate of massive and you know uh virus news almost weekly and it's it is less of a story nowadays uh, agreed agreed porn block the uk government they've, they've quietly dropped the government's uh anti-porn or uh, porn uh what do you call it locking away a, a, gateway i think is the word uh that they were going to put this gateway in place people had to sign up to allow porn over the internet uh, or their own internet you had, to, you had to prove your age basically so you had to basically say i'm over 18 and they have quietly blocked it so we've also we reported a few weeks ago about delays and i think even a few months ago we reported delays uh, i think what we said when this first got announced how on earth are they going to get this done uh, and basically that it's all been dropped effectively because they cannot guarantee people's privacy um, you know, you, in order to lock something away behind a gateway, you need to have some sort of identification check, um, and that meant that yeah, it was it felt it felt wrong, uh, uh, and also the whole system around how do you block a service which doesn't choose to have a gateway in front of it? Well, then you're into government and firewall censorship levels, which I just I guess the complexity of all that was just not going to be possible to achieve. Um, so carry on surfing, enjoy your pot. Yeah, I, I, look, I mean, I, I've got plenty of friends who've got young families, and 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 their worldview <laughs> is very different on the you know on the internet and and how they how well, do you protect your family from uh, the internet, which is a pretty unsavoury place in many many respects. So um, it is, it is, and 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 being, being joking aside, I, I do think there's a case for doing something, but my issue is always with governments. It just you know it's a bit like Brexit. We're doing Brexit and we'll tell you later on how we're going to do it. Uh, it's almost like it's not a government-based thing, but it should be uh, maybe, you know, an internet provider should offer this as a service. And I think they do in some cases. And, some and obviously do. we've got software yeah. and things that are, that, yeah. they're never foolproof. And that's, I guess that's one of the issues. But then again, this system wouldn't have been foolproof either. Um, so, so, so so some do. And I think, I, I also remember in the past when I was with O2, they were blocking a lot of sites 
and you had to actually get in touch with them to say, you know, free up my internet, please. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I think we'll see that more, and I think that probably is ultimately because then the market will find a way and it will it balance itself through. Um, and, and, you know, call me cynical, but as soon as a government has a place to block stuff, I think we already saw in the past where as soon as they have the ability to block sites, they uh, overstep the line on it and they block sites which they're, you know, are, uh, are not based on the, the principles that they were talking about. I'm, I'm seeing it with YouTube as well. So YouTube brought things in and it was blocking, you know. Legitimate, yeah. Yeah, you know, some sites that were, info. you know, talking, to, were trying to talk to, to, I was going to say kids, but more young adults around, you know, mental health issues or, you know, sexual awareness and a whole lot of things that were getting blocked in classes as porn. It's, it's a, it's it's hard just to apply these blocks and filters and think they just work. Yep. And I think that was a concern around the, the porn block. There was a, you know, legitimate, you know, sites that are out there to help people would also be blocked. But I, and it's back to your point. It's a, I get the parent view, but also there's. It's, it's finding that balance. Beats announced some more um, on-ear headphones, noise cancelling on-ear Solo Pro. They were called, and they're going to be two nineteen. Well, basically three hundred dollars. Um, and this was suspiciously <laughs> lined announcement with the Google, uh, the Google event that we had. It was almost like Apple saying, "We know you're going to do something around headphones. We'll just throw this in the mix." Yeah. Uh, but but not the rumoured new AirPods that are rumoured to be coming out, but these solo ones and um, they look look decent enough. I guess the challenge being, I think, I think I either want something in my ear or something around my ear. I never really particularly like the on ear. I find it quite uncomfortable. Surprisingly, uh, more and more people I see running around, walking around with uh, you know over ear and all that kind of stuff. Um, headphones yeah. nowadays. It's um... I see a lot of walking. I always think the folk running, it's like... It's heavy, is isn't it? Cla- <laughs> is that clamped on your head? Because when I was running, I'd, I'd, that that's a weight. Yeah. <laughs> it just feels... And yeah, it's got some momentum to it. But yeah, no, see, I'm constantly surprised how many people do do run around with big headphones on nowadays. I guess they really want that full-on audio experience, and I can understand it. But equally... Um, you know, it's dangerous in a way to have noise cancelling micro uh, headphones. But I think these ones have a dial where you can introduce um, outside yeah. noise on a, on a kind of you could choose how much outside interference, how much you want to hear from the outside. But it's yeah, going to actually it's... interesting. It's going to pump that in via the speaker, so it's not just letting in that uh, no. audio. It's actually controlling it via a, you know its own. Uh, Which I thought was quite neat because, like on a plane, I don't want to hear that. Uh, yeah, yeah. But but you know, out walking, I might want to hear somebody shouting at me or some road noise or whatever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that's interesting. And and as I said, this was this was all round about the same time we had the Pixel event. Um, so they've announced, I think five. They were quite focused in a way in the products they were showing. Um, more focused than they have been in the past for sure. Um, so they announced uh, the date for Stadia, their gaming service. So that's coming November 19th. So it's not very far away at all, just under a month. Um, so that's for all the people like me who bought that founder's kit. So that's all going to kick in November 19th. And I think you can still go and order that online. And the new um, Pixel Buds. So this is Google's uh, in-ear um Headphones and one seven nine, which seemed one seven nine dollars, which seemed like a, a pretty reasonable price. And uh, uh, looking at the specs, effectively, it, it's small enough, or the design is small enough that it actually sits physically, sort of almost flat to your ear. So it's not like some of these uh, Bluetooth earphones, which have quite as pronounced um, 
external surface which protrudes out your ear they're they're almost flat to the ear and it's also got inbuilt um inbuilt assistant so you can talk and you can do hands-free and all those kind of things Uh, and it's got google translate which is nutty which means babelfish is pretty much now here um so you can actually uh, theoretically talk to someone in another language and have that automatically translated as you go which is just flipping nutty yeah, I mean, when they demoed that a couple of years ago at the time, I was just like, that is that is Star Trek. That is, Amazing. they've delivered Star Trek. And I actually agree with you, these, you know, so we've seen Amazon's ones and we've seen Microsoft's ludicrous looking ones. These look really quite neat. Really? Uh, for me, they I, I, put, I put myself on the waiting list. I thought they looked really good. Yeah, um, yeah. And they, again, they have that plug, you know, they effectively they plug your ears, but they have got a, an external audio um so they do allow some external audio in so you can still keep aware of your surroundings uh and they've also got extended bluetooth that's calling it so basically you outdoors it's they're saying you can still have a connection around the length of a football field away so which is um so obviously that's quite a, a massive difference over sort of standard bluetooth um, but really handy if you're you know not so much if you're in a football field but around the house yeah. you know you can be pop them in and you can you know leave I'd, I'd, so certainly in the office i'll be wearing my earpods in the office and i'll walk away from the phone yes and it generally lets me go to the printer go to the kitchen you know keep listening and then come back and and, with, and if it does drop people think i'm listening anyway and just ignore me it's great <laughs> so yeah um so i certainly was quite excited by them uh, and i would be interested once they do become released next year so yeah it's next uh, so they're saying spring same spring, and I'm more interested in which colour you would you go for. The four colours interested me, and that there's a the colours are clearly white, also orange, quite mint, and almost black. So for me, I think it would be white. I would. So you'd be clearly white. Yeah, I think so. Nice. I'm not sure I could handle the the, the splash of colour. <laughs> well, I, I think the obvious ones are going to be white or black. Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, orange or mint it's quite a bold earphone color yeah. choice but that, that seems to be their palette that they like um all, donald trump nearly nearly all of their uh nearly all of their um <laughs> nearly all of their products are coming out in that kind of palette that kind of vibrant and so certainly when they they talked about their pixel which we'll come on to in a bit they uh that was came in that orangey color as well I'm saying Donald Trump, but if you ever visit Glasgow, I mean the Glasgow <laughs> tans are quite—they are quite orange as well. It's, uh, it's Pixelbook Go. So this is uh, kind of—it's—it's it's a, it's a Pixelbook, but it's—it's it's designed to be cheaper. So it starts around six four nine dollars. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, just outside the sort of tablet range, but just for a kind of desktop format, um, Pixelbook. So yeah, and and designed around the sort of long battery hours and and you know that all those nice jazzy things and comes in a range of processors and and with different stand you know storage device sizes all all solid state um yeah i actually like the design of it I, again intrigued by the color choices of just black or not pink <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it, it was it was um i thought the color, the name of the colors really kind of tickled me as i watched the keynote i was like hmm. but they i say they've been sticking with it. it's been like that for a little while now actually you know with all their yeah they've all been that kind of they've had a pretext to each, each color that they've, they've talked about yes uh and then the nest mini um smart speaker um basically 
yeah, I, I guess just an upgrade, basically. Um, not not too much more to say about that. It's an assistant. It gave slightly better audio quality, um, but it it looks the same. Um, and that's kind of all you want to say about that, really. Yeah, a bit of audio. I actually quite liked the little mole mount it came with. Um, just just it was like almost like you can tuck this away and won't take up any desk space. You know, it could have it sitting on a wall somewhere, almost like a bit of art. Quite quite like that. Yeah, uh, forty nine dollars again. Very very throwaway price, really. Yes. for a bit of tech like that and again they're not making a profit on these things they are there to get in your house and, and i still i still find it interesting that you know so both amazon and google are really competing in these you know cheap smart speakers at that price and i'm and apple no interest in it no whatsoever but again you i know, think it's... because of the privacy stink around them a little bit at the moment but yeah but you know ultimately it is the direction we're going in people even in you know, houses you wouldn't expect it now, they're all talking to their houses and telling it to do stuff. Um, and it's quite a popular thing. And that whole thing around the, um, you know, one in every room and then you can just sort of say, you know, you can talk to your, your partner, your kids, whatever it is. Yep. Announce you know, to you. Yeah. yeah. Clever. And then Nest Wi-Fi, a mesh router system. Also, both now including the uh, smart speakers. So again, their assistants getting around. You can't have a device nowadays without having an assistant on board. Um, I've got Google Wi-Fi and it's kind of just an extension to that product, but it does sound like they're, they've kind of taken the technology to the next kind of level. They've given it the Nest prefix because that's going to be their home automation sort of, or that is their home automation uh, sort of uh, brand that they've going with. Um, yeah. And it, again, they they sold the benefits of this and how it's, it's, it's kind of they're saying it's more than just a, a Wi-Fi extender. It's actually got a little bit more intelligence to it than that, uh, and it will be able to cover quite wide distances. Uh, and it's very simple to add those extenders in, so you don't have to configure it or anything like that. You just pretty much plug and go. Not more to <laughs> nothing more to say about that. No. Uh, no, I was just thinking that that it's my next. You know, I look down at the net gear that I've got here and down the stairs, and it's like I really need to move to some you know simple mesh. You know, I'll have the, I'll have my, I'll have my switches that are all running at a gigabit. But, I, but from a wireless point of view, I want to move to kind of like that simpler mesh network. And my, my, you know, my wireless has been Google, you know, Wi-Fi for a while now, and it, it, it's, it is pretty much of all the network stuff I have in the house, it runs very, very reliably, and it, you know, it's, it's very easy to run. So I'm, I'm a fan. Cert- cert- certainly compared to your other network stuff. Indeed, yes, we uh, found out this week. <laughs> <laughs> and then the big announcement, obviously, the the new Pixel Four and the Pixel Four XL, much much rumored ahead of the the, um, the the kind of event. And again, good pricing points, but not the cheap cheap level of the three plus that we saw before. So four starting at seven nine nine, and the four XL at eight nine nine. So this is almost like maybe they're setting themselves up for this cycle of you have the premium version of the phone, and then next year they'll have the cut down just enough. You know all the things that you you want and need, and nothing else. Uh, I almost feel that's what's going to happen because they've gone back to the seven nine yeah, seven nine nine and eight nine nine, which is still good value for these days for a premium product. But it's still it's not that you know the three plus. What was that three hundred and ninety quid something like that? So quite a lot of difference between that. Um, but again, they've gone. Um, this is massive 
specs, uh, all this kind of stuff you might expect. Uh, Their new one is the motion sense. So they've gone back to the kind of, you don't have to touch the screen anymore to swipe and do various actions. I think Samsung did a version of that kind of technology not that long ago. Uh, So if if you're in the kitchen following a recipe along and you've got dirty hands or whatever, you can now swipe your hand without touching the phone over the top of uh, the screen. And that will then say advance maybe to the next step of the recipe, whatever. Um, and that's using some, I guess, it's never clever technology to do that. Um, the bezel is pretty small. They've left uh, space at the top of the phone for the earpiece and, uh, and various sensors. Uh, and the phone, the camera is of, as you might expect, it's, I think it's only got a couple of lenses, but it still looks, you know, it's a, it's a massive chunk of the back of the phone nowadays taken up by cameras. But again, they've got that kind of hybrid of they've got a wide angle for a camera and they've got a, a zoom sort of telephoto uh, camera and that they, they're kind of combined cleverly together. And again, from the demos of the the, the camera, it looks special. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're really focused on the camera. And there's a little bit of sniffiness around it, as you said. They've gone, they've only got the two <laughs> yeah. lenses, and and they're really focused on. You no, know, we have not got an ultra wide because well, that's fun. It's not really what you want because it's not in our camera. Um, which is obviously a ding at Apple who have focused in on the we've got an ultra wide in here and Samsung. And well, they knew that all that criticism was going to come because yeah, consumers are very simple people, and oh, three must be better than two, right? Uh, yeah, there was just a defensive system yeah, there that, yeah, that yeah. was like, and there was a couple of little digs because, you know, Apple had said, you know, this new mode that's coming, this is mad science. And Google were like, it's not mad science, it's maths. <laughs> and it's just like, and you're just like, yeah, there, okay, there you go. But that is, that is ultimately the difference between Google and Apple, isn't it? That's Apple will sell science as, as you know, this magical uh, yes. thing for yeah, everyone yeah, to and use. And that's, and that's what they've always done. Um, but no, that that again, they've really improved. Um, really improved. It's, I want to say it's a night mode. I'm calling it night mode, and I'm thinking I'm calling it the night wrong sight. Thing. Night sight. Um, you know, so they showed you like capturing Milky Way shots now, um, which is which is damned impressive stuff. You know, and and I've seen similar shots in the new iPhone um, 11 Pros. You know, really when you look at what a phone cameras capture now yeah. is, is things have closed up in the whole again the the, the camera market on the phones obviously pixel were ahead um and now i think apple have closed closed in on that uh, certainly I, yeah. I mean who knows who's got, what's going to be best ultimately it's about the pictures you take isn't it and that that's just sort of should be and, and what's been interesting as well there's been some rumblings over the last few days just around things like video quality and the google um pixel not being great mm. Um, and and their their argument is it's not what people are looking for. People are looking for a good still camera, not and and again. So the, the all the reviews for the Pixel come out today. Um, so I've just jumped in the verge just to see, um, and they're saying good stuff. Face unlock, you know, really good, smooth display, excellent still camera. Bad stuff, disappointing battery life, which I'm kind of surprised at because the old Pixel did not have that as a ding. No. Um, video quality and features don't match the stills, which I, I think is a no and no ultra wide camera. Because I, I think it's just becoming this year's premium phones. We've now got to this ridiculous state of you need three cameras. Well, you know. say, saying in a review, no ultra wide camera, it, that wouldn't have even been in a review five, well, three, three months ago, let alone, you know, whenever. So, because so it was never a thing. Yeah, I mean, I, so iPhone have brought it in bank. Samsung have had it since the start of the year. So, I think But it still wouldn't bad. have been in a review to say. It's only because the iPhone's got it now but, that it's in the reviews. So I think because iPhone and both like the Galaxies this year have put it in. Um, the, the, and and I think even uh, Huawei's have got the three cameras because 
Why what? Who are they? Because you, you, you need you need you need lots of holes in the back of your phone. You need to make, to... unless you're getting those people that had holophobia. <laughs> yes. And so, so again, really, really good reviews. Um, I think the one, the the one surprising thing which came came out, especially around the face unlock, was that you can shut your eyes. So, mm. I, I remember when Face ID came in, there was lots of people going, "This doesn't feel right," and they proved that you need to have active eyes and you, you can't do it with your eyes shut and, you, and it does it through glasses and there's a whole other thing. With the concept that, you know, being that someone must be looking at the phone, deliberately paying attention, you can't just point a phone at someone's face and it for him to unlock. Yeah. So even if I like, if, if I am you know looking to the left and you put it in front of me, it won't work. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, the Pixel 4 will unlock. Even with eyes closed. Shut. So yes. <laughs> theoretically, if you're someone's asleep on the sofa, you could still unlock I, their and phone. And what Google have, Google have come out and said, um, yep, that's the thing. And we'll fix it in the coming months. I so guess with, the, because the, I guess in some ways, some of this is locked away on the Titan chip. Uh, I wonder... How do they advance that without having to do a, a flash? And, and that's not going to be possible necessarily, is it? So. Yeah, because I, I saw some, one, one of the, the tech journalists was like, Apple would fix this in three days. And I was like, no, no I don't that, know. not necessarily that's, true that's, anymore. No. You, you could argue yeah. they wouldn't have made that in the first place, as in that they thought about it and they worked around it. And you could argue also that Google should have taken that learning and worked out how to do that. Or if they didn't, or they took the eye off the ball or whatever. Oh, eyes off the ball, see? Mm. And, and to be fair to Google, I actually thought was, this is quite funny, but on their Pixel 4 support website, it does tell you um, your phone can also be unlocked by someone else if it's held up to your face, even if your eyes are closed. So if you don't like that, so I guess if you're sitting there thinking your partner's going to take the phone, you're sleeping, do that and see all your, you know, you've been sexting somebody that you've not been telling your partner around or a kid gets it unlocked and starts buying stuff, whatever, whatever the concern is, you can turn it off. You know, so it's like if you don't want that facial unlock, turn it off. But haven't they removed the fingerprint? So the the only quick unlock is the is the face. Pin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you'd be back to putting pins in. Mm. Um, I, just just an interesting thing. I thought their keynote, the way they did it, was very different. Yeah. I I found it in some ways quite hard to watch. It was. Yeah. I, it was. I agree. I didn't watch the whole thing. I only watched the kind of opening sort of gambits of the, introducing each of the things they were going to tell about in detail um if it was the same kind of location as the last one i think it might be in the same room whatever but it you're right it did have a different feel about it i don't yeah, know what it was so, so i was watching it and they kind of there was like a guy up front telling you so here's what we're announcing today blah 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 blah, 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 blah. and then he's like right we're now going to talk to somebody about their home products who kind of did the same announcements again mm. but in more detail and then it was like, yeah, so here's the phone, blah, 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 blah. Now we're going to talk to this photographer guy who will really walk you through in a really dry and droll sense of humour about how we're better. You know, and, 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 and it just, as I said, these bits never landed. Every so often it would cut to the audience. And I know Apple cuts the audience and Microsoft cuts the audience, but they were cutting to, like, what I can only describe as were creatives. Because they had, like, out of the five people... They all had different colour, like dye hair, and a couple of times we're just looking at each other, like, "Why are we here?" It was just the weirdest <laughs> kind of like hour and ten. I mean, applaud them for doing it an hour and ten minutes. To be honest, yeah. it was like get, I, it, get it done and out of the way. I mean, I, I'm becoming more and more cynical about these events anyway. Uh, uh, agreed. You know, and you know, there's a whole other rumour about Apple are going to do is there, is there going to be a, another keynote next week for a new MacBook and new AirPods and the Mac Pros coming and. And I'm like, just do some press releases. <laughs> yeah, I, but again, Don't... it all goes to, we still would watch a release and you'd still, 
it's quite nice to have things packaged up on a you know in a step by step basis. Um, in other unlocking news on phones, uh, S10s. Uh, <laughs> apparently, if you put the wrong screen protector over your phone, then anyone can unlock your phone with their finger. You'd have thought a screen protector would prevent unlocking. If if something was going a bit wrong with something, it would prevent it. But apparently, uh, no. In it's almost like the default mode is okay. We'll unlock. <laughs> so if you got the wrong screen protector, on, it just yeah it allows you to unlock your phone. Um, and the, and the bit, so I tried a couple of guys that worked with one and it didn't work. And then you read it, it's like a 2.78 gel screen protector. So yeah, so that was a particular type of protector, yeah. Um, and she realised that her, her thumb, one of, her, one of her fingers or thumbs who wasn't registered unlocked the phone and then they tried her husband's and it also worked. Yeah. <laughs> good, good job, Samson. Well, I guess it's all these edge cases, which again, it's hard, it's hard to manage. There's plenty of thumbprint door openers you know or proper supposedly secure devices which have been proved to be very easy yeah. to dupe and, and whatever I've, I've ordered the gel screen interesting you go on ebay now and it's now called a gel screen unlocker <laughs> and you can um, so i've got mine i'm going to take it around all the fingerprint sensors that i've got and we're going to see if it unlocks them all be interesting to see class i remember a mythbusters years ago on they looked they took all these high-end products and they tried to work out whether you could bust through and they were all very easy to bust through with things that they said like things like pictures of eyes or uh you know yeah, a fake yeah. finger or whatever you know it's one of the reasons i've never never even contemplated putting a smart lock on my door yeah yes it's uh, yeah it doesn't feel right does it um another vr death knell daydream the the google daydream which was a, a headset you could shove your phone in the late the latest pixel 4s won't go in it and they've pretty much said look we're not getting good buy-in uh we're seeing massive reduction in usage and um no one's really buying it and app developers aren't really interested either so we're just going to stop this um so uh, yeah I, again even that throwaway cheap vr thing people have Yes, it was a bit of a gimmick, it seems. Uh, yeah, so spokesperson, although the system had potential, we noticed some clear limitations concerning smartphone VR from being a viable long-term solution. So we'll see. Uh, and, and one of the things I said, that people just couldn't stand the fact they couldn't get onto Twitter when they were using their phone in their headset. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, there we go. Uh, filters coming out on Xbox Live um, allows you to limit swear words, um, bullying. They've got various different levels depending on what you want to do, and this is going to go across their sort of in-game chats. Uh, obviously, the Xbox Live kind of messaging, which is obviously extended wider now because it goes out onto all the PC platforms as well. Um, a good thing, because all I would say about of while I do love online gaming and the, the steps forward that Xbox Live brought. Some of the stuff's really toxic. Yeah, it really, really you know, is. And it's, um, I think, I think this is a good thing. I think a couple of months back they would have called this a bot, but they've everyone seems to have gone against that now. Uh, so this is just filters, which is more realistic to what it is. But yeah, allows you to say whether you want it to be friendly, which is the most strict, or whether you, you know, and even goes as far as uh, tries to prevent bullying and things like that. So there's obviously some intelligence behind it at some level. Um, Sony's next console. Uh, got announced uh, in a kind of making sure they get ahead of the ball and make sure that Xbox doesn't run away with it. Um, and it's going to be called the PlayStation 5. How radical. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, um, I don't, yeah. <laughs> basically, they haven't really given that many details. They're, they're, the DualShock's going to be new. It's going to have new uh, sort of 
I think like variable sensitivity or variable resistance on triggers and things like that to allow them to have um, you know various uh, settings and like, things like I think they say you can have different resistance on the trigger if you're say pulling a bow and arrow to to show when yeah. that pings or whatever you know little little things and they reckon that that people will be able to use that in quite innovative ways and the hardware wise we know it's um, ssds so fast loading we know they're going to have ray tracing um so i expect a big price next year yeah um and the, the hey the battle will continue um just to, <laughs> it doesn't really feel like we've <laughs> This this current generation, they've really not maxed it all out, um, and so it no. feels, feels quite quick. And no, Nintendo no. still ticking along, probably earning all the bucks, basically. So we'll see. Anyway, that's the end of the news this this period. We'll call it rather than week or fortnight. Um, but do we have any picks or anything like that? Um, the only pick I would say is maybe just back to Apple Arcade. Give it a, give it a go. You got a free month to try it. And um, if you're on iOS, Apple TV, Mac, it's um, there are some cracking games in there. Yeah, so you're quite sold on that then. I'd, I'd, some of the games have been so some are short, only for an hour, you know, so really short game. Others, a lot more depth. Um, but there's just a there's a quality that certainly from a mobile gaming perspective is, um, I think, higher than we've seen for a long, long time. Um, and a fiver for as I said, there's been probably six, seven titles that I've looked at and went. That's a really good game. Yep. And it's just getting time to, you know, give them all justice. And they seem to be dropping after the initial 70. It feels like kind of four a week at the moment. And four um, a week like, is genuinely it's more than you're going to need from a, from an average person. I'm sure, you know, I guess if they're four come out and you don't like them, that's going to be a bit disappointing. But but you, like you say, there's more content there that you can get through, I'm sure. Yep, there is. There's far more content you can get through. And it just feels, that for, a, for a fiver, when you consider we are, you know, we are spending... You know, so cods out this week that'll be what fifty quid, sixty yeah. quid. That's a you know that's a year's worth of Apple Arcade. Mm. Yeah, makes you it makes you yeah realize the difference. Yeah, okay. I don't have any of those devices, so I won't be. <laughs> but okay. Digitaloutbox.com is our website if you want to find out more. Info at digitaloutbox.com if you want to talk to us via email. Twitter is digitaloutbox if you want to reach out on social. So I am on Twitter as Cheesy UK, and Ian, you have combined everything. So where are you now? Um, iandick.com except there's no about page that tells you where to go but iandick.com <laughs> at some point that'll come and then they can uh, maybe alright that's it for this time so we will speak to you again soon Cheer-a. and goodbye